everyone welcome back to shoot the breeze with alexandria marie and i am your host alexandria marie i hope everyone enjoyed their spring break their easter holidays their passover and welcome back to season four episode 33 today's episode is about domestic violence, the mental toll domestic violence takes on us, and how this pandemic has exacerbated domestic violence. I'm also going to list some of the signs of domestic violence, and this is domestic violence part one. I'm going to do Uh, part two episode and that episode we're going to discuss how once you've gotten yourself out of the situation what you can do mentally physically emotionally to integrate back into society and start dating again so let's get into our episode I hope you guys enjoy it and Scheduling has changed for season four because of um, scheduling wise with people that I want to get on here and interview. So for season four, instead of it being bi-weekly, it's going to be monthly. April will be the only month there will be two episodes because of the spring Easter Passover break we had the past few weeks. Moving forward, all of the rest of season four will have one episode the last Tuesday of the month. So let's get into domestic violence. What is domestic violence and What are the signs of domestic violence, as well as what you can do to help people that are facing domestic violence during this pandemic? Domestic violence has a disproportionate effect on communities of color and on other marginalized groups. Economic instability, unsafe housing, neighborhood violence, and lack of safe and stable childcare and social support can worsen already tenuous situations. Many families now are surviving on one income. And the one holding the power is the one bringing in the money, okay? Some people simply feel hopeless because they're solely relying on their abuser now more than ever. It is difficult to find um, help, from food banks, shelters, things of that nature, because everyone is struggling. Everyone is struggling. Economic independence is a crucial factor in violence prevention. This pandemic has made it 10 times more difficult to leave. The average person will attempt to leave their abuser 
around six to seven times before they actually leave. And many people before this pandemic were on the verge of leaving and this pandemic has set them back tenfold. As I was saying with shelters, shelters are overcrowded and abusers, believe it or not, tend to use the court system as a pawn, especially since many victims never seek help and proving abuse to a judge can be very difficult without having any evidence as well as not having a therapist evaluate you to bring those findings to court, all of which cost money that many suffering from domestic violence cannot afford at the moment. Abuse can happen in any kind of relationship, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual. It can happen in any kind of relationship. Okay, it is not solely a heterosexual thing. There are many types of abuse. You have emotional, you have mental, financial, physical abuse. Okay? It is not always physical. Abusive people believe they have the right to control. They believe they have the right to control and restrict their partner's lives. A lot of times... It's because they believe that their own feelings matter more than their partners. Their own needs should be prioritized within the relationship. Or they simply honestly may be sociopaths and uh, they enjoy exerting the power of of what abuse gives them. Okay, they like it, they enjoy it, they feed on it. At the end of the day, it's all about control. Now, as someone that suffers from anxiety, I'm an A-type and I have OCD tendencies, I too can be very controlling. I can be very controlling I like things my my way, a certain way, and I get more anxious. I become more anxious when things are out of control, out of sync, and it does make it difficult to be in relationships because people don't want to be controlled, you know, especially if you're living in a common area like an apartment in a home, you have to negotiate. You have to be able to say, okay, well, she may like this this way. I like this this way. So let's come to the table and let's try to figure out how we both can get our way. People that really want to control others, want to control all situations and want to control their partners. They don't have that moment to where 
they step back and they analyze and they look at themselves and realize, hey, there is a better way to do this without having to impose my wants and my needs onto someone else without them having a say. That's the difference between someone that's an abuser and someone that may suffer from OCD or may suffer from anxiety or any other men, you know, mental disorders that causes them the need to control certain things. If you're dating someone that's on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, they may have OCD or you know, they have rigidness of other types of behaviors. And it, it is difficult. It is difficult to find yourself in a situation where you're with someone that constantly needs to control things. But there is a difference. You can get through someone that constantly feels as though they need to control things because more than likely that control is a controlling factor of their own space. They're not looking to always control others unless others are in their space. And in many countries, men abuse women. Men take control and keep control of women through rape and keeping them pregnant, making it impossible for them to venture out on their own. If you're constantly bearing a child, it is difficult for you to continue an education or for you to find work. Now that kind of abuse falls under not only financial abuse, but it falls under emotional abuse. It falls under mental abuse. This man, if he didn't rape you, but if he is constantly, you know, asking for children or is against you using any contraceptive, you know, he does your job as a, as a female, as a woman should be in the home and taking care of children. And if you find yourself every year, every two years pregnant, that is financial, mental, emotional, and spiritual abuse. If you find yourself in that situation, you need to get yourself out of that situation. That man may not be abusing you physically, but he is abusing you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. He is abusing you and you have to get out. Now, speaking of pregnancy, this is not on just the men. Women can be abusive too. As I mentioned, abuse is not strictly heterosexual. It can fall into homosexual relationships, okay? Women can abuse their lesbian counterparts. Not only that, women can abuse men. Yes, women do abuse men physically and emotionally, and mentally, but a lot of women control their partners or think getting pregnant not only will control them, I will keep them for myself. They won't 
you know, go to whoever else. And if they do cheat on me or do leave me, I have one or two children by them. Now I am controlling their pockets. I'm controlling their wallet because now they have to pay me child support. We don't want to talk about that, do we? We don't want to talk about how women out there are strategically planning. They are strategically planning to get themselves pregnant so they can keep the relationship and they already have in their back of their minds, well, if he decides he wants to leave me, I have a child by him and hello, child support payments. It's not always physical. And if you, as a man, feel as though this woman that you've been with is putting you in a compromising situation, and yes, of course, you cannot and should not go to her and ask her to abort this baby. But what you can do, what you should do, if you feel as though she is putting you in this compromising position before the child is born or right when the child is born, you file a motion. You file a motion. You let the judge know, okay, I was dating this female. I feel as though this female has put me in this position simply so that she can control me. She can keep me in her life. And if I'm not in her life, she wants to keep my pockets. She wants to dig into my pockets. She wants my wallet. She wants me to financially take care of her. Your honor, I am not disowning my child. In fact, I want custody of my child. I want legal custody of my child. I want physical custody of my child. I want residential custody of my child so that the amount you're giving her, right, isn't a substantial amount. This is not to say you don't want to take care of your child. On the contrary, you are taking care of your child. You're taking care of your child because you are equally spending time with your children. Now, if you so happen to make a little bit more money than she does, then yes, you're going to have to still come out of pocket, but it will be significantly less than what you would have come out of pocket if you would have just allowed her to physically and legally have your child without you present or you just being a weekend father or every other weekend father. Again, abuse is about control. And there are women out there that are plotting. And as a mother to a son, I, I know there will be a day where I have to sit my son down and I have to say, listen, you want to hear this um, Lauren Hill? song that I used to listen to back in the day when she was warning some of these guys like look there are women out there that care about one thing one thing only and that's money 
And that, it's, it's sad, okay? It is sad, but it is true. And it's not just financial abuse women are prone to. Women can dish out a lot of mental and emotional abuse. If you're dating a female and she's constantly comparing you to an ex-partner and belittling you, making you feel as though you can never amount to anything that, you know, you're just insignificant. That's abuse. That is abuse. The sad thing is many men cannot connect that as abuse because they're so used to that type of language from their mother. So to them, it is not abuse. It's the only way they know love because their mom would belittle them. Their mom would compare them to their quote-unquote deadbeat father. So when they come across a female that speaks to them in such vulgar language without calling them out of their names, you know, you can belittle someone and not use profanity. To them, that's all they know. That's all they know. That's all they've ever known. So they don't consider that abuse because, hey, she's not smacking me across my face. She's not punching me. She's not trying to shove me. You know, she's just talking. You know, she's letting off steam. She's talking. She's pretty much being, you know, I'm sorry to say, she's being a bitch. That's what they'll say. They'll be like, yo, she's just being a bitch right now. I don't, I'm, I'm not hearing it. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to just walk out, blah, 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 blah. It's abuse, guys. Guys, it is still abuse. And you need to get out of that relationship. You need to leave that toxic relationship and leave that toxic female and find yourself another. Remember, abuse is about control. And you may ask yourself, well, what does she get by belittling me? Believe it or not, she is controlling you. You may think she's not controlling you, but she is controlling you. She is crushing your spirits and telling you constantly that you will amount to nothing. That is spiritual abuse. That is mental and emotional abuse. We can't simply define abuse as physical. Because remember, it's a pattern. It's a spectrum. It's a building blocks. Sooner or later, the person that is spiritually abusing you, emotionally abusing you, mentally abusing you, is going to want to physically abuse you. That is the next step. They're going to want to test the limit, push the boundaries. And in their mind, they're going to say, I've 
I've done X, Y, Z to this person and they've done absolutely nothing to defend themselves. They don't yell back. They don't talk back. They, they don't do anything. So, yeah. I think if I were to do this to this person, they won't. And by the time that thought crosses their minds, a good percentage will not do anything. And that's where the problem lies. It's not to say it's not a problem beforehand because it is. But the fact that they know I've gotten this person to the point where I can smack them, hit them, spit on them, punch them. I can do anything and they won't do a damn thing. See, that's why it's a pattern. That's why I say it's a spectrum. That's why I say, you know, it's just building blocks. You know, I'm working myself up to actually wanting to hit you. And then I'm now working myself to hitting you. Why? Because I don't value you as a person. I don't value your opinion. My opinions mean more. My feelings mean more. And right now, you're agitating me. And I want you to feel how much you are agitating me. So the angry, the anxiety I feel, the agitation, everything. I want you to feel that. And, And right now, you can't feel it through words. So you want to know how I know you'd be able to feel it if I were to smack you across the face. Now you're feeling how agitated I am because you spilled a drink or because you didn't iron my clothes right or because you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Me hitting you, you're going to know I'm agitated. And I've gotten you to the point where When I do that, you're stunned, but you accept it. And if you get upset, here's another way they abuse you, manipulation. If you get upset, I offer you gifts, trinkets, so that I can do it all over again. Again, ladies and gentlemen, It is a pattern. It is not always physical. And some of the ways you can identify if you're in an abusive relationship is to ask yourself the following questions. Has your partner tried to keep you from seeing your friends, your family, from speaking to your friends and your family? Has your partner prevented you or made it hard for you to start work, continue work, start studying, or continue your studies? Does your partner consistently check up on you or follow you or 
want your phone going through your phone, going through your computer, all your electronic devices, does your partner consistently check up on you? Does your partner accuse you of flirting with others? Or someone simply says hi to you and you're being polite and your partner accuses you of flirting simply because you are polite. Are you ever afraid of your partner? We all know and understand fear. And back to your partner checking up on you all the time. If your partner walks in the room and you have to turn off your phone or hide your phone or anything of that nature because you're fearful your partner is going to take your phone and smash your phone or take your electronic devices, your iPads, your, you know, your laptop and smash it simply because you're on social media and they so happen to see a post you were looking at on an explore page, mind you, not even someone you're following and accuse you of DMing that person. You see how the the last four questions you're asking yourself can boil down to one situation and now your partner goes into verbally attacking you that right there that's not normal that's not okay that is not how adults handle situations has your partner ever destroyed any of your possessions deliberately just walk up to you and break something of yours imagine has your partner ever threatened you or your children Does your partner control your funds? So you work and your partner expects half or three quarters of your paycheck. Or your partner expects you to cover most of the house and the upkeep of the house. Does your partner force you to do things you don't want to do? Has your partner ever tried to prevent you from taking necessary medication? Does your partner force you to do drugs? There's so many ways, you know, if you're illegal in this country and you're waiting on your residency, does your partner, you know, threaten your immigration status? Does your partner threaten taking your children away from you? Does your partner force you to participate in sexual activities that you're uncomfortable with and forces you to have 
sexual relations with their friends or family members? Has your partner ever physically tried to prevent you from leaving your home? Has your partner ever, have your partner ever put you in situations where they want you to go beyond your limits when it comes to alcohol? Does your partner blame his or her alcohol, drug use, you know, or mental condition, family history for their behavior? Oh, I only hit you when I'm drunk. Any other time, I don't hit you. I only verbally abuse you, you know, when I forget to take, you know, my pill. I'm only doing this because it's everything and everybody else's problem or reason, so to say, not their own, right? They're not a cause to anything. Everyone makes them, everything makes them do something to you. Does your partner ever compare you? And I, and I think I mentioned this before. Ever compare you to an ex? And we've, we've been in relationships where, you know, something happens. It could be we're watching a movie, you know, any situation. And we'll say, Oh man, you know, my ex used to, you know, do this or my ex used to do that. And I couldn't stand when my ex did that. You know, like we all have those moments, but is your partner constantly comparing you and in doing so belittling you, breaking you down? Mental, physical emotional, financial, remember, they all fall under abuse. And mental abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse is just as damning and crippling as physical abuse. And if you listen to these questions and you say to yourself, I'm in an abusive relationship. I'm in an abusive relationship. Then you should leave. But if you answered yes to at least one of the questions, then you should reevaluate yourself and yourself in that relationship. Because remember, it's a pattern. They are building up to something. Now, in my past, I've been in a relationship where I was in a physical um, altercation with an ex in my late teens, early 20s to where I was stalked, had to go to court. Um, 
they were trying to kill me. And um, my daughter was in the middle of that. That was hard. And the last time I was in a situation where I was emotionally, mentally, and it seemed financially in, in, in a sort, and then it got to physical um, altercations was with my son's father. So when I say it is building, I mean they're building to it. So many women especially now can't get themselves out it is very difficult and they say to themselves I rather get hit twice a week forced to have sex two three times a week and get verbally abused, mentally abused, and controlled. But at least my children have food on the table, have a warm bed. And with this pandemic, I'm not in a shelter. It's hard. It is hard. But if you know someone that is being abused and you can help them in any way, if you have a spare bedroom that them and their children can just stay until they get up on their feet, if you're hiring or if you know someplace that's hiring and you can help them find childcare because remember economic stability is a prevention for domestic violence so help them if you know someone help them if you are suffering from domestic violence abuse, there is a domestic violence hotline that is going to be tagged in the episode description. They're not paying me. I'm not going to put their information out there. Um, not trying to get sued for anything, but... There is help. And I know it's hard now. But you have to think of your children if you have children. And if you don't have children, think of yourself. Think of your family. And remember, 
they are building, if they haven't hurt you physically yet, they are building up to that. And if they've hurt you physically already, it's only a matter of time before they kill you. Because rage is uncontrollable and you have no idea what's going to set it off. And many times it's something so small. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandra Marie. As always, blessed be.